Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Welcome to Wood Talk, turning woodworkers into knitters since 2007. Here are your hosts, Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right, it's Wood Talk number 420 for November 27th, 2017. On today's show, we're talking about glue for bent laminations, storing hardware and fasteners, dust collection basics, and mid-priced handsaws. So real quick before we get into the meat of the show here, this is going to be our last show of the year. So we're basically taking oh, December off. You should have paused. Last show ever. You should have just paused. Didn't we already screw with people? We screwed with people's emotions already this year. I think, <laughs> Seriously. I think we're it's good. Like the athlete that keeps retiring. Just yeah. get out already. Come on. We're the Brett Favre of the woodworking world. Um, except for he's already retired. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so we won't see you guys until uh, 2018. Hope that's okay. And in, uh, if you don't hear from us, enjoy your holidays. So let's Merry answer. Christmas. Yeah, that. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, geez, oh, Thanksgiving's yeah. not, it didn't even happen yet. It's coming it quickly. It will happen this show airs. That's true. Oh, that's okay. right. Hey, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> hope it was great. See you at Christmas. Okay, so let's get into our emails here. Uh, first one I have is from Wesley. He says, when gluing bent laminations that will be routed with a profiled edge, what glue is best to hide the glue joints? Now, I think you can use just, you know, just about any glue that you feel is appropriate for bent laminations. There's a bunch of varieties out there. I think the most important thing, though, is color, right? So if you have all these different laminations laid up and you have that many glue lines to contend with, uh, aside from making sure that your laminations are nice and smooth, which reduces the impact of that glue line, you want to make sure the color is right. So they do make, um, you know, different types of glues that come in different colors. Some are white, some kind of dry to a, a grayish color, and they have some that are brown. So I would probably, I mean, it depends on what species you're using, but probably head into the brown direction. And, uh, you know, don't forget, you can actually add some kind of coloring agent to the glue itself if you really need to. And that's probably your best bet and, and your best shot at getting that uh, that thing looking like it's... Um, it's it's one solid piece of material. Uh, you didn't ask about this question, but you did mention routing that profile, putting some kind of a profiled edge on it. Be very careful with that. Um, bent lamination is one of those things that somehow, and I guess obviously it's the, the layup of thinner stock. When you go to edge treat that, it tends to just kind of bust apart. And it's, <laughs> it's an interesting phenomenon that occurs. So make sure what you're doing, you, you take it very, very slow uh, don't take a big pass at a time and work your way down. Even if it's just a simple round over, 
or OG profile, something not super complicated. Just take it slow because the worst thing that can happen is you put all this effort into a stupid bent lamination and then you just like slam it apart and everything just tears apart when you go to route a profile on it. That That's terrible. So just be careful. And all your furniture is straight from there on out. That's right. And never do that's it again. That's it. I'm done with it. Burned no once. curves. Uh, this next question comes from Jonathan. He says, it seems that there still aren't many options out there for 26-inch backless saws, especially for those of us with modest budgets. Looking at you, Bad X. Are there any decent mid-tier saws you would recommend? For example, would Lynx be a safe bet? Primary use would be ripping rough-cut lumber prior to hand milling. So... Let's start at the end of this. Ripping rough cut lumber prior to hand milling, your cut does not have to be pretty, nor does it have to be terribly accurate. Yes, it'd be nice if it's relatively straight and relatively square because it'll make the hand milling go that much faster, but you're going to be doing hand milling after the fact. So if it's a coarse surface that really looks like crap, who cares? You're going to clean it up later. So you can go to the big box store and buy a $15 impulse hardened tooth saw. I, I know because I did this and I did my entire orientation semester of the hand tool school using nothing but that saw. I ripped all the material to shape. I cut joinery using the thing and it did just fine. So there's one extreme. That's not mid price. That's lower tier. Mid priced. Certainly you can get in, look at the pack saws and the link saws. The thing is, is each one of those, I get mixed reviews. Some people say they love them. Some people say they hate them. And it's, it's like dramatically different. Like, I don't just hate this. I want to run it over with my car and burn it. It's so bad. Um, and I think it just comes down to like quality control and just the quality of the steel. I mean, in order to make a cheaper saw, you've got to cut corner somewhere. So, you know, the handle's not very comfortable. Again, all this stuff can be looked past because you're making rough cuts. In the end, it still comes down to finding a vintage saw learning to sharpen and restore it yourself or finding one of the many guys out there now who does this work for you. Uh, my personal preference is Kennebecsaws.com. Um, Niles Kreck is the guy that owns that. Um, he does fantastic work. He's been restoring saws for like my hand tool school students for what, uh, 18 months or so. And just incredible, incredible work. So, but there's, there's more, there's lots of people out there and there's lots of vintage saws out on the market. I would still go there before I went with, one of the packs of the link saws um, because I just, I don't know. You just, you just don't know what you're going to get. You could be a total piece of junk. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That's why there are no mid price ones because they're really expensive to make. Good to know. Okay. So we got a question here from Brian. He says, hi guys, just found your podcast. I've been geeking out on it nonstop for the last few weeks. I'm pretty new to woodworking and I have a question about dust collection. I grew up working with my dad in a shop full of dust with no respiratory protection. I just thought that's the way it was done. Makes you a man. <laughs> now I know better, but uh, don't know where to start. I have just a small garage and use mostly handheld power tools. I uh, hope to upgrade one day. Is hooking up a shop vac enough or do I need a separate dust extractor? For that matter, is a dust extractor just a cool name for a more expensive shop vac? I know I can't go with a stationary unit because of space, <laughs> so I just want some basic beginner direction on where to go for dust collection and maybe a recommendation on all the parts and pieces for a good beginner setup. Um, he says, Mark, thanks for not quitting. Matt, good job being short. Shannon, I got nothing. Brian. Screw you, Brian. He couldn't even come up with something for you. <laughs> wow. He couldn't even say, like, you know, a, he, he could have at least said, uh, you look like an insurance salesman. <laughs> right? I think so. Um, okay. Uh, so so uh, many good things to say about this. I'm just not going <laughs> to. Okay. So Matt, I'll let you uh, jump in here. Basic shop setup. Where, where's a good starting point for this guy? 
don't know. I think a shop vac is probably a good starting point. Um, I don't know. Like between the, the shop vac that I have and like my Festool dust extractor, definitely a big difference as far as suction goes uh, and the ability to actually dial in the exact suction you need. So if you're doing sanding, you probably don't want as much suction so you don't get those little squir- swirly thing of bobbers on the surface. Um, you know, whether you want to wear a dust mask while using a dust extractor is really, I guess, a personal thing. Uh, if you're really, I don't know, worried about it, probably a good idea to wear one. I pro- I don't, personally. Uh, this doesn't bother me, but it doesn't mean I shouldn't be. It's mine for and- me! <laughs> 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 I'm perfectly uh, fine over here. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine. Dude, doesn't ha- that doesn't happen to me, I, I can't run more than a mile, but I'm fine. I can. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're also I young. I just don't. <laughs> I just yeah, choose I can. To. I just choose to eat pancakes anyway in the mornings. That's fine. All right. So I'm going to say I think he should. Uh, especially he's gone this long without it. Probably high time you picked up a good quality respirator. Because here's the thing. No matter what you do with the equipment, how good the dust extraction is, that's a that's a rabbit hole you can go down as you're upgrading and doing better and trying to get better suction and getting tools that work better with it. Um, but the one thing you can always have control over is your your face, sort of. Yeah. I can't control mine. It's going to <laughs> mine's going in a direction I'm not happy with. But um, oh, you know, great. throw that respirator on, and at least you know you're protected right at your mouth, right? So that you can work over the course of the years to improve your dust collection in the shop, but at least your lungs are still happy and safe. So spend a few bucks on that respirator and then start going down this path. Yeah. I worked with a shop vac for probably five years before I ever got a, like a real dust collector. Mm-hmm. But even before I got a dust collector, I got a, an air filter. I got that jet, um, you know, ceiling or wall mounted thing. And that made such a huge difference. Now, granted, that's kind of, after the fact, like, yeah. you know, you, it's not going to help with the, the router, with the dust spewing all over the place. But man, does it clean the air up fast, especially in a small shop. So if you've got that respirator on, fire up the air filter, give it, you know, depending on the size of your shop. For me, it's like 15 minutes and the air is clean. Mm-hmm. And then you can take the, the, the respirator off. But especially if he's using handheld power tools, just think about like hauling a four inch hose behind a handheld power tool. Yeah. Suddenly your your edge routing looks funky because the router's tipped back from the weight of the hose. <laughs> yeah. It's probably not going to work that well either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least just get yourself that shop vac. Uh, get a brand that takes um, filter bags because if oh, you. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Because if you don't, I've done that in the past. I killed a couple of shop vacs before I realized, oh, I should probably not just rely on that uh, cylindrical filter, the pleated filter that's on there. <laughs> Uh, put a bag on there and you will get much better results. Even consider adding in line a separator. And that's a nice addition too. But at least just get that shop vac, get a couple of bags and use them. That will extend the life of the shop vac because you're not getting all that fine dust. And especially if you're you're using it for sanding extraction, you need that bag in there. And I think that's a good starting point. And I, I do something, right? If you're doing nothing now, that's something. It's not a lot of money. Get the respirator and the shop vac and I think you'll be good. All right. So we have a multi-part question here from Alan, and I'm not sure how long this is going to take us, but uh, I'll try to get through it here. So he says, Woodsters, uh, try to keep this short. You did a terrible job of doing that, Alan, (laughs) just to let you know. (laughs) Um, And he says, I'm typing slowly in case young Matthew is the one reading this. (laughs) 
That helps. Okay, so he says, it's time for me to organize my fasteners in the shop. It turns out that I have a lot of odd sizes and styles of screws left over from one-off jig projects, as well as the leftover installation hardware from shop lighting kits and such. I tend to toss these into a small plastic box marked assorted screws, but I rarely dig into that box. First question. Do you guys have a more disciplined approach? Do you throw this stuff away, thus offering the spirit of your thrifty great-grandfather or offending, sorry, thus offending? This <laughs> makes a lot more sense. So much more sense. I'm reading with a microphone making an, in my making face. It, making an offering to my Offering to the spirits, yes. Uh, or do you tuck each little leftover into a tin like it was a button from your first prom dress, thus dulling the edge of your manly decisiveness? Uh, yeah, I'll go first here for, for me. I, I don't keep hardware from stuff that I buy. So if I'm installing something or I put like something together for the kids or for the house, most of the time, unless it's something that I go, like I look at and immediately know that I use those a lot. It's just going in the garbage. Like I I don't, I don't want to be the guy with the coffee can chock full, chock full of uh, bolts as I would call it. (laughs) I I really don't want, because like he says, you kind of never really go through it and you just have this giant thing of hardware and bolts and screws and washers that never gets touched. So I do not do that. Now, if I have leftover parts from things I'm doing in the shop, um, you know, screws, I I do have a little bin and it's, it's one of those bins you could hang on uh, uh, hooks on the wall and it's, it's fairly small, but anytime I have just extra, extra screws or slightly used screws, I just throw them in there because then if I'm, I got to put something on the wall in the shop and I just need a screw to get the job done. That's where I'm going to go get it from. What about you guys? I don't have a coffee can. <laughs> I've got a, a, a small, like imagine like a packing tube diameter, like a three inch diameter thing. That's about six inches long. It's clear. Um, and I do put, you know, the same thing, Mark, I'll look at it and go, yeah, I might use this or this might be useful. Or if it's like unique, um, maybe I'll throw it in there. And then when that fills up, I usually just end up dumping it out. So it's, it's kind of <laughs> like the, the inline separator of my, of, of the trash can, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm separating it out and it hangs there until it fills up. I do have a place where I keep, um, actually what's in there now is mostly nails, like rot and cut nails. Cause those are mm-hmm. really the only fasteners I use. And those I end up having to buy like in bulk because I don't have a, I have to buy them online. There's no local place for them. Okay. Other than that. Yeah. They go into purgatory for a little <laughs> while and then they get pitched. What about you, Matt? I don't have a coffee can either. Um, us millennials, we don't buy coffee in cans. So I don't know where I'd get one of those. That's right. Cups. You just get them at yeah. the corner store. Yeah, I don't have time to make my own coffee. Starbucks, baby. <laughs> On your iPhone. Twirling your big giant mustache. Right? Is that, that what millennials Man, do? You, you, like, you like know this so well. I do. I study it. It's, it's like you it's like you were almost one. <laughs> sort but of. you just missed the opportunity. Oh, it was just early. I was 10 years early. <laughs> uh, so I have um I've got one of those little bin drawer things. I don't know what you want to call those the little plastic drawer box Not, and it's like you hang on the wall a, bunch, a bunch of plastic drawers in it right yeah like that, super that thing. Cheap. i bought one i bought one of those like a long time ago because i thought that was like the thing to do of course was to have one of those you know make you manly you got a little it. drawer <laughs> of fasteners right and like the more time i spend as an adult as someone who spends time in the shop and like actually around the stuff i realize i don't use anything in those drawers like i literally have never gone to that to that thing i mean like Here's exactly what I need. Let me take this bin of screws or whatever out and use it on my project. I don't use fasteners on anything, so I have no idea why I even have this thing. And it's full of stuff 
that just like gets put in there because like I when I actually use fasteners, I go out and I buy them or I buy like a box of screws or whatever, and like I use the box of screws and I keep the box because it still has screws in it, and that's like next to the bins with the other screws in it. So it's like the the bin thing. There's like literally no reason for me to have it. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna offend my grandfather who's very thrifty. Both of them were and throw all of my screws and hardware and things away because like they unfortunately for me i guess like they taught me some things and like some of them are kind of like bad habits like i used to like pull nails out and like flatten them and throw them in the bin like and like they're still there like i'm not going to use these nails i want to buy a box of nails nails are not expensive i've got a perfect use for this bent nail (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like they're like little tiny like i don't know six penny nails I mean, you can get like a whole box of them for like two dollars yeah disposable society that's what we live in <laughs> hey i'm gonna put it in the recycling bin mark oh okay all right come on you know it was funny you know, nicole it's... nicole came into the shop the other day she's like hey you know what i could really use a bent nail do you have one and i'm like damn it i do not have a bent nail today <laughs> it's a very common thing to need let me go, go pull one that. out of this joist in the ceiling here <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> The borrow from the house. We don't need that one, right? That's pretty structural already. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's, it'll hold up. The drywall's <laughs> holding everything together. Just one nail. I mean, come on. What could happen? <laughs> All right. So uh, Alan's second question is, what size and style fasteners do you keep on hand more than any others? What screws would you never dream of running out of? Uh, give some examples here. What do you consider a baseline library of fasteners? Uh, this can, of course, include nails and machine screws and washers and T-nuts. Uh, you know, I would love to have a nice selection of like just bolts, nuts and washers. Like basically give me a little bit out of each bin in the aisle at home Depot. Just go to home Depot. No, 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 no. Listen, <laughs> listen, good God. I'm trying to save on gas here. <laughs> good God, man. <laughs> no, I, I'm not saying I'm doing that. I'm saying I would love to just have a thing in my shop where I go, Oh, I happen to need a bolt of that size and length. Oh, boom. Look, there it is. And I don't have to go to home Depot. <laughs> Cause it's like fine. Go to Amazon. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't do that because it's impractical. Um, the only thing I stock is furniture screws. I've got uh, mostly number eight screws of various lengths. I use those for putting things up in the shop. Uh, occasionally if a project calls for a screw, I've got them and I store everything in those uh, plastic. Um, they look like plastic briefcases. Excuse me. So they're like little uh, little black and yellow dividers. I think they're Stanley. Uh, DeWalt makes them too. I think even Milwaukee has some. Uh, but I find those great because I can have one that is just all square drive screws and all the different sizes. So when I have a project that requires screws, I just yank that thing out of the cabinet, put it on the bench and open it up and have access to what I need. And each set of screws is in a little cup. So if I'm doing a particular project, I just kind of pull the cup out, take my, uh, my my drill with me, and go do what I need to do. So, so far, that sort of portable system works really well for me. But the only thing I'm really stocking in there is a set of uh, um, square drive screws. I am stocking, I even have some pan head screws in there uh, and like pocket screws, even though I don't really use them. Um, I do have them. And I use one of them for dowels. It's nice to just have a nice selection of all different size dowels for odd projects that I might need those on. Um, but that's that's really it as far as fasteners that, that I'm going to have on hand at any given time. Either one of you. That's fine. Usually <laughs> Shannon goes. Uh, one and a quarter inch finish cut nails. I keep those around because that's like attaching furniture backs, like case backs. That's what mm-hmm. I use. Um, 
that's really it. That's it. Um, I mean, I, I, if I have screws, I like self-tapping Robert's drive, the square drive ones, right. um, uh, because they just, I like them a lot <laughs> with the pan head on them. I guess you would call them pocket hole screws, even though I'm not using them for pocket holes. Right. But, um, yeah, that's <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I have a variety of nails in that one and a quarter inch length, but they're mostly fine finish head, you know, for not unseen type applications. Mm-hmm. What about you, Matt? Um, I just got like the box of screws. Like that's my portability thing. I just grab the box and take what I need and put it back when I'm done. I think that's like the ultimate storage thing because it's labeled as well. (laughs) Yeah, it's got Um, everything you need on it. It's got the label on there. It's like the perfect size. They stack nicely on a shelf or whatever. Mm -hmm. It just works out pretty well. Um, I have like inch and a quarter uh, and three inch like construction and deck screws. Those kind of style screws. That's what I use for anything if i'm going to need a screw for something otherwise i literally never use fasteners hmm. and if i do i just go buy whatever i need i just go to home depot i just go to home depot i, get, I need an excuse to get out of the house <laughs> this place is a prison spend too much time there <laughs> just five minutes that's all i get please i just want to drive my truck once a week <laughs> it never gets driven <laughs> can't be good yeah. for just to sit there i know that feeling <laughs> okay so uh, alan also gave us a link to um uh, Schwarz article addressing something similar, how to stock up on traditional fasteners. So maybe we'll put that link in the show notes for you. If you want to go check out that article, stop the hoarding, stop the hoarding, yeah, stop the madness. Just you know, hoarding. I think about it. My, my grandfather was like that. And same thing with my stepdad. He, he had a little shop in the basement, not a woodworking shop, but just like a general DIY house type shop. And there were just coffee cans everywhere. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. And every coffee can was just filled with crap. That was never used for anything, but it was just, you know, it was one one day I might need this one thing. Yeah. It's super thrifty. You know, you gotta, I understand the mindset, but it's totally impractical unless you're actually going through organizing them and then using them. Then you're at that point, you're investing your time in like organizing them instead of investing your time and going out and buying them. Yeah. Right. Well, I was trying to think like if I did more like around the house DIY type projects, then I might use more fasteners. But even then, like I would go buy the box of fasteners I need. There's just not such a wide variety. You know, it'd be a bunch of number eight screws, you yeah. know, and then I'd be done. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe we just we I guess we just don't fix stuff enough anymore. It's right. like my grandfather was the same way. And it's like yeah. lawnmower broke down and he's breaking the thing apart. He's doing his own car repair, which. You know, I, I don't have the tooling for that. I, I go to <laughs> go to, well, my new car, I still take it to the dealer cause it's under warranty, but you know, we just don't do that anymore. I think it's the way we, our society has changed for better or for worse. Yeah. Well, wow. I'm curious. This got me thinking. I, I, I like to keep my house DIY stuff completely separate from my shop oh, yeah. stuff. You guys like absolutely. that too? Yep. Absolutely. It, it's got its own, its own place in the corner of our laundry room actually (laughs) yeah it's weird like i do not want my two children playing together like there's the woodworking stuff (laughs) that does not play at all with the house stuff and i have just a separate collect and a lot most of it i mean there's very little crossover oddly enough other than like maybe some screwdrivers and pliers and things like that that's the only thing that i feel like kind of walks back and forth but most of the time in a basement, I've just got a big duffel bag filled with like electrical stuff and uh, just things I need for household repair things. It's just kind of funny. Mentally, I want those things completely separated. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Well, my stuff's all in the shop. 
because uh, I don't do just woodworking in the shop. So I think a lot of time I need those tools for other stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd like to have a little, like if I had more space, I would have like an actual like traditional tool toolbox thingy right to roll around thingy with like the steel drawers or whatever mm-hmm. that i put all those that style of tools in right now i have some of those like in a, one of the drawers of my assembly table i've got some like in a toolbox by the door and i've got somewhere by the jointer i got stuff all over the place for that kind of stuff which is kind of annoying but i just don't have the space to have like a dedicated like not woodworking stuff area mm-hmm. gotta do what you gotta do all yeah. right, I have to go pick up a kid and uh, close this show off a little bit early here. So thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, Shannon, why don't you give them the contact info and we'll get out of here. If you have to pick up a kid, make sure it's yours. That's a good idea. <laughs> make sure you don't drop them. That's my advice Pick for up the, the correct kid. <laughs> right. Make sure you get the right kid and stay inside the cones in the pickup lane or that crossing guard <laughs> is going to the beat you down. <laughs> So yes, please send us stuff. Send us voicemails. Use your voice memo app and record a lovely, sonorous, rehearsed, maybe not rehearsed, voicemail. Concise. Yeah, concise. That's the word I was looking for. And send that to woodtalkonline at gmail.com or just go to woodtalkshow.com slash contact and you can leave a comment there or go to our website, go to this show episode, whatever it was, 420. Scroll to the bottom, leave a comment there, and say your piece. There you go. That's it. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Hope you had a wonderful 2017. And the Wood Talk guys will see you in 2018. Merry New Year. Happy Christmas. Something, something. Happy woodworking, something. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs>